Good evening, listeners. This is uh, Josh and Joe from the Thirsty Owl. High above, perched high above the Thirsty Owl. Completely shoveled. Yeah, yeah. About about eight inches of snow last night into this morning, into this late morning. And Joe came over here and saved my ass. I, uh, the snowblower wouldn't throw that much and that heavy of snow. So Joe came over and, and helped, and that was really nice. You know, you're welcome. You already said thank you, but I got to tell you, I'm not that selfless. I know that one day Armageddon's going to happen. And you're going to need me to and shoot zombies or something? No, you? you're going to open the door and I'm going to live downstairs in your mm. basement where all mm. the wine is stored. Oh. So I do have a strategy here. A little cot down there? Yeah. <laughs> makes, makes good sense. Right. No, it was really nice. It was really nice. I, uh, from time to time, I get a little assistance with the snow removal. And uh, my lovely child, Francisco decided to do a little sledding with his friend, which is nice. And a little debate with his mom today on what decision should have made that, been made there. And she's always, oh, he's got to be a kid. He's got I didn't ask him to, you know, pour drinks. I just wanted him to come over and maybe help me shovel a little bit. Um, that's all right. We'll just take it out of the inheritance, Zico. It's no big deal, okay? Yeah, very good. I have children. You can... Uh... You know, I'll give you their names and social security numbers, and we'll be set. You can wire it that way. <laughs> That's right. Seiko all of a sudden not impressed with his sledding decision over there on the couch. Just kidding, Seiko. You, we talked. We had a nice talk about it. We communicated nicely about it, and we are all set, right? Yeah. Yep. And we had a little BP tonight. We had tennis. So life is good. We're back on track. All right, Joe. All good. Well, um, we always start with reflections, mm -hmm. and there's one that I'd like to mention. Um, I want to clarify something. Sure. I have to give you props for something you said in episode two. Okay. Which was in the topic of allowing the woman to finish. Yep. Uh, before you, I don't know, roll off the bed, go to the bathroom. Sure. Pull your socks up. I, I don't know. Try to go socks off for the most time, most part, unless it's really cold. Okay. I, I just want to say that's really honorable. Very good. Because we have also discussed offline that some men don't care. Yeah, so I can go a step further on that, is that not only do I feel somewhere between upset and saddened if uh, someone doesn't get their cookie, if they don't, I give them an IOU. Oh, oh. Yeah, so I owe you an extra one, essentially. Ah. So I think night? that's well, night, I mean, whenever, whenever we, okay. we get back on the gig, you know. So I, I do a, like kind of a, a mental or, or I mean, it, it's discussed because I like to communicate. Okay. Like if if things don't go in that direction for, uh, you know, I, I just kind of it's talked about and, you know, didn't quite get there. And that uh, saddens me. I don't look at it as like a competition. So I think. Some some puzzles are a little more difficult to figure out. Does it I think that's with, fair to say. That's very fair. No, no one comes with an instructional manual. Is that what you were just going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say, does that come with flowers and a bottle of wine? No, no, oh. no. It's not like a deep apology. Oh, God. It's just like, no. hey, I'm sure. Uh, listen, just because a cookie was not gotten, I don't think that that means that a good time wasn't had. <laughs> okay. Big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. All, yeah. right. All right. Moving on. Um, we did take a little poll of whether or not uh, women agreed with me or mm. 
women agreed with you. And I, I got to... With what? With what? With the question regarding whether or not we care when you do. Oh. Um, and I got a, a vehement, we just don't care. And I That was from that one text. person. Yes, you're right. You're right. One person. A mature person. Do you know how crappy that makes your entire gender sound? I that know. you don't care? I know. I thought about that. That's no, so you're just trying to be a tough guy. You're trying to be a tough guy, as is the person who, who typed in and said, ah, oh, we don't really give an F. Like... That is you trying to be Tommy Tough Nuts. I'd like to think that if you truly care about the person you're being intimate with, that you certainly would care if they got their cookie. Absolutely, 100%. I'm just going to go ahead and say you are really speaking for the minority if you think that it's a flat out don't care. You got one text in, and I know this because you <laughs> screenshotted it and you sent it to me, and you're like, oh, look, see? <laughs> And I know that you don't think that. No. I know that you don't think that. Right. I, I, th I, did, I did receive notice from one person who said that it depends on the intensity of the relationship. Like if it's a very meaningful relationship, if it's one that's kind of stood the test of time, there's a lot of emotions there, then absolutely do care. But if it is more of a casual fling-like, fling-esque thing, than who gives a rat's ass, which that I'll buy. I'm, I mean, I still think if you are, you know, if you've had a fun enough night or you've had a little banter for a couple hours, you'd feel some sort of kinship to a person, even if it is super casual and you'd still want them, you know, uh, but, you know, that's, that, your call. That's, huh? no, that's fair. I, I like, I like that uh, comment from your read, your listener, your mm -hmm. viewer, your mm -hmm. listener. Viewer, um, when it goes, when we have a, we have a video version of this podcast, <laughs> which I'm sure can happen. Since we're using the microphone of the laptop, it also has a camera. Correct. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, one of my friends asked me if she can share the podcast with her friends because she literally just ran into somebody while listening mm -hmm. downtown, and this girlfriend of hers started complaining about the dating pool in Saratoga. Okay. And she, she texted me. She said, can I share your podcast with her? I said, Absolutely. So I would. Well, what's your thoughts on that? I think sharing. Yeah. Well, the big advantage that we have is that we're just really, really good friends. We're, you know, and we we put this thing out because it's fun. It's an entertainment value for us. If someone else gets something out of it, fantastic for them to share it. Yeah. I don't think we have any big plans on monetizing this thing and trying to uh, beat out Joe Rogan for the top spot here. I don't think that's our game plan. Where a lot of people that that kind of is. So we're at that advantage where we're not too bothered by what the end result is. So yeah, pass it along. If you find value in it, pass it along. Talking about matters of the heart and communication and relationships, I think that that would probably make sense to most humans, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's fun, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun so far. I do have one caveat there. Okay. My family, do, do they don't know I'm doing this podcast. Okay. So if you know my, any one of my family members, please do not distribute this to any of them. What? Yeah. I, what? Yeah. All right. So let's get into that for a hot second. Is this a cultural thing? Slightly, yes. Because I could care less who listens to this. I know. And you're, that's what's wonderful about it, actually. Yes. So I did, I did ask my daughter for permission if I could do a podcast about relationships and so forth. And her answer was real cute. She said, Mommy, whatever makes you happy. Great. So I did I would hope her... that would be the answer. Yeah. But what, what specific family member would you be disturbed to know was listening? All of them. 
What the? <laughs> Remember when we said we couldn't say the F word? I was really hard to not there. Um, but what what about like to talk about? I you know I I, I tend I, I said it in the first episode. I'm a I'm a fairly private person. I I do have a, a real job that requires some kind of discernment and privacy but you know it's okay i'm i've accepted that this is do you who think I am people on capitol hill don't think that you have orgasms or that you <laughs> date like what do you think what do you think the situation is or or, or, or a human being yeah what, all right uh, yeah, i'm like listen yeah, i'm not going to yeah. tease you anymore right because i think you know privacy or the d- desire to have such is fine and it's important if it you know if it's important to you but i um I bet you don't even know my full name. Not, and don't say it online at the moment. I'll reveal that next time. Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? My like full your name. name. Like Joe is a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a full name. I know I know that. Oh, okay. Okay, you do, but a lot of my friends don't. Okay, but you yeah. go by Joe. So I do I do go by Joe. You don't Joe. say, hey, I'm Joe, short for, you know, you Correct. don't say that. I do go by Joe. Even my mom started calling right. me Joe. So um, one of the things you sent me not too long ago sure. was a song by a comedian, <laughs> a fascinating comedian <laughs> named Bo Burnham. Correct. And oh, give give the listeners a thumbnail sketch of who this person is yeah, because Bo, he's he's brilliant. Bo Burnham has done he's done a lot. Like you kind of a lot of our podcast is just impromptu, and this would be one of those situations. I've. I got into Bo Burnham probably three or four years ago, and um, Sequin and I kind of watched a lot of his stuff. And he has a he has a TV show as well. He had a TV show, um, um, which was kind of about his life. It was like kind of a memoir-ish type thing, but you know, Zach Stone is going to be famous or something like that. And that was on MTV, and it only got one season. I can't believe they only got one season, but he showed enough promise in that. But I think he gained popularity just through the internet. And um, a lot of his um, specials, he has three specials on Netflix, and he also um, directed and produced a movie, and that was about the difficulty of being a teenager in high school and all the pitfalls of that. But Zach Stone was very similar to that as well. But a lot of it is just observational on what it's like to be, I mean, throughout the course of his rise in popularity, he was in his teens when he started you know, being watched a lot on YouTube. And then I would say now he's in that 31 range. Um, but a lot of it was just the uncomfortable, difficult, uh, anxiety-producing parts of being 18 to 29, 30 when he did his last special, which is called, what is it called, Inside or something like that? Anyways, it's on Netflix. He's brilliant. But a lot of his songs are really funny, but they're funny in that they're very true and very honest. Um, and the one particular song that you're talking about um, was about dating and how people piss and moan all the time about not try, not being able to find someone who's Mr. Right or Ms. Right. And essentially it says, why would you deserve this amazing person? And first of all, they don't exist. And why would you deserve them? Because what do you think? You're perfect? So that's essentially the crux of the song. I mean, did you write down the lyrics or did you share the song? Well, like, what is the situation? Well, the, the particular lyrics I was, I honed in on. Okay goes like this. We all want love, but if you want love, lower your expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the story of the song. Like, you just, to think that you're going to find someone who's, who's tall, handsome, successful, you know, funny, makes you laugh all the time, and, and 
does all these things right, says all the right things, and does all the right things, wears the right kind of shoes, again, yeah. I'm still teasing yeah. you, yep. you're not going to tick every box. So stop thinking you're going to, because, it's, but at the end, it's really pretty, because he kind of says, um, you know, there's no one, there's no such thing as perfect out there, but, but and we're, because we're not perfect, and we don't deserve perfect, essentially, is what he's saying. He's like, but we all deserve love. And um, I think that's the cool part of his songs, is a lot of times in his songs, they're very tongue-in-cheek, and, and they break everyone's chops, but at the end, he kind of comes back around, and and, you know, there's like a little moral to the story. And that's why I like him so much. But Bo Burnham is probably the best comedian only about 20% of the people know about that like comedy. And he is genius. Genius. Yeah. Well, he also, in, in this song, he talks about how, okay, so what if the guy has a small, you know what? You probably have... Yeah, you you're, you're know, physically you're, in, you, as far as your physical characteristics, you're probably imperfect as well. Correct, correct. So I you, saved you there. You didn't yeah, know yeah, where you were yeah, going to yeah. go with that yeah. it, it just goes on and on about the physical imperfections of each other, and everybody, nobody's perfect. Um, I mean, I'm barely five foot, so why should I go and be able to date, I don't know, Brad Pitt? He probably, or Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you find him that attractive? Oh. I think he's got a real pudgy face. In, in Leonardo, he's a pudgy face guy. Leonardo, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, Brad Pitt's been at the top of my list for many moons. <laughs> Your list? Yeah. Oh. I'm overwhelmingly straight, but I, I can certainly say when I find a guy to be attractive. Fight Club, Brad Pitt, give me a break. <laughs> ten? Perfect ten? <laughs> what is your take? Uh, yeah. That was the height of his career. I don't Do like all think? the punch. I don't like all the punching, though. I, I prefer him oh, in... I prefer him in Meet Joe Black. He was He's so, too done up. Too done up. Oh, too good. He was so hot. Too good. So hot. All anime. right, polling the audience. Exactly. Okay. Brad Pitt, his appearance in Meet Joe Black, or a little more rough and rugged in Fight Club. So we just need Fight Club, Meet Joe Black out of you. All yeah. right, is that fair? Yeah. All right. Text us. So um, going back to that song, he talks about good boys and bad boys and good girls and bad girls. And um, I met a friend recently, and I, I asked her, so well, what's your type? And, and she said... Um, I used to really be into bad boys, but now that I'm getting further along in age, yeah. I tend to think it's probably not good for me. No, because what's, what's a bad boy? It's like smoking in the boys' room? Like, what the hell does that even mean? Anymore? You know... What, is that, what does that mean at age 40 or 50? Like, what does that mean? Okay, wait. No, I'm just... Like, like she said, only when she was younger. So let's just say in your 20s. Yeah. In our 20s, a bad boy would be somebody who, you know, wore a leather jacket, smoked a cigarette, you know, yeah. James Dean type. Is it James Dean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hair. The, the bad boy. You, rolled someone up, with hair. Rolled up shirt, you know. Okay. So, you know why that is? Why? Let me try to break that down, if I can. Is it okay? okay? Absolutely. So, that's because at that age, you're just discovering attraction to the male species as a straight woman. And you're just after the physical part instead of the, is this person going to provide? Is this person intelligent? You're just like, ah, oh, you're just wide-eyed on what is attractive. And the leather jacket, the smoke and a cigarette. I mean, if you're 40, do you want a guy that smokes and has a leather jacket and, and rides a motorcycle and doesn't have a job and, you know, flips off a cop? Is that what you want? Yeah, it's a good point you're making. It's a, this is exactly... Because I think when you're a young woman, you're like, oh, I want... a attractive young man and I mean there's not it's not very often that in high school that you know the you know maybe the nerdy guy who plays on the fourth uh, fourth team of doubles for the tennis team 
and he has a 98 grade point average. I don't think he's exactly reeling in the chicks. I think it's more of, you know, the guy who got kicked off the football team because he was smoking in the boys' room. Like, that's the guy that, yeah. that attracts all the girls at that point in time. But it doesn't take very long into the journey of being a straight woman where maybe perhaps that's not what is best for you mm. moving forward. Well, bad boy could also be that dark brooding kind of guy who wants to be a musician and he just can't make it and you, you you tend to feel sorry for them so you want to you can save them you can fix them you can fix them up i think that's part of it too you know we try we tend to be uh at least i used to just counterculture-ish yeah okay i'll buy that i'm yeah. good with that so in your 40s um you're right you don't want that bad boy but you still <laughs> want you, you still want the guy who's Got produces swagger. some sort of excitement. Right. So we're right back to Esther Perel and to the excitement and safety, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. No one's looking for safety when they're an 18-year-old oh, right. uh, female in Saratoga High School. No one's like, oh, this guy's got together with his grades. He's in honor society. He's in band. No one's like, oh, I'm all over that guy. But, but that was me. But shortly thereafter, they kind of are because they realize that it's not just about that. Right. Fair? Fair. All right. Fair. So... Later on in life, it is harder to go for the bad boy, but you know, there's still parts of us that want to explore that. We're not, we're not going for the accountant at KPMG no. who, you know, has a calculator in their briefcase. Um, no. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I would venture to say if my daughter brought home somebody like that, I would, I would probably start looking around for wedding venues. So it's just to go back a couple of minutes in the podcast. I really think when we talk about fun songs like that, you got to look it up. Hit pause on us, open up another app, go okay. right to YouTube, and it's uh, Bo Burnham, and Burnham is B-U-R-N-H-A-M. So Lower Your Expectations is the name of the song. And it's really funny. It's funny, and you might find a nugget or two in there. Fair? It's very funny. Actually. I think it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, fire away. Definitely promo. Um, so as... We're talking about uh, changing your taste in men as you progress more in your life. Um, the question now is, what do men find sexy? And do you want to do this in like the 30 to 40-year-old, 40 to 50-year-old yeah. age group? Wow. That's, it's, that's a tough one. Yeah. And that's why I'm asking it. So there might be a little dead air here. So, so you're asking me, what did I find attractive in my 20s and 30s and now in my 40s? Like, is that what you're Correct. saying? Okay. Oh, I don't think it's changed that much. But I think I was always someone who thought a little ahead of the game. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, I, it, the answer everyone thinks it's going to be is like, well, in my 20s, I was just fine trying to find someone who was aesthetically pleasing, someone who was, you know, physically attractive. I think to some degree, you're always looking for that. And, and to go back to the last podcast, I think that's the first thing you see, you know? I mean, whether it's dating apps or in the, in the, in the grocery store. <laughs> so it's funny. All the people I polled, everyone said grocery. And you're saying everyone that you polled said grocery. Yes, correct. I find that so hard to believe. Still 50-50. I just don't think you're being objective when we take polls. This is volunteered. I have text evidence. I'm not lobbying them to say grocery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so going back, in All your right. 20s. In your 20s. In my 20s, I think it was far more important that they be sporty as well. I was really into that. Oh, that was a big yeah. deal to me. So um, because I've always been 
into sports and athletics and fitness and all those things, I thought that was really important then. And I think probably less as I got older. I don't want to really want to break down to like 20s, 30s, 40s. But as I got older, I think that was a little bit less important. But, you know, some level of fitness, you know, I, I think that that comes into the attraction thing too. And I think the physical attractiveness, like instantly you kind of see them as someone that you could be attracted to or immediately are attracted to or, you know, probably wouldn't be attracted to. And I think that's the same for men and women. I don't think there's a big difference there. I really don't. Um, but you know, the intellectual side, I always wanted someone who I thought was on my level or, you know, like I said, within like a half standard deviation of the mean one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not out there trying to suggest that I've got three TED Talks next week because I don't. I just have two. I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> but I, I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, someone who's on your same level and I don't think having all the same interests, I think that's where people go wrong. I was listening to Esther Perel talk to someone on a podcast. I just kind of searched all of her podcasts and the ones that she was a guest on. And there was a woman from Australia that was interviewing her. And, you know, she said, what do you think the biggest mistake people that are making on, on dating apps and that sort of thing is that they get so specific with their wants and their needs. And, and then she's like, you don't even understand what a want and a need is. Mm. You know, a need is like water and shelter. True. Uh, I need someone who wears fancy shoes. Joe, I love you. I'm going to keep teasing you on that. On okay? that one, I would say I want someone. I need someone who, you know, likes emo music. I need some. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? I, I just don't think that that's super important. Am I, am I going to want to go to, a, like, a, a Taylor Swift concert? I'd make it. I'd make it work for me. I'd wake it. I'd make it work because "Shake It Off." I can get down with that song. That song when that song came out, I hated it. But it's catchy. The first time I heard it, I hated it, and then me I too. then I began to it began to turn on me, and I actually kind of liked it. But I just don't think. And she suggested the same. Did you don't have to have all these things in common? And some people get so grumpy in their online stuff. Uh, if you if you do this or you think that way, then swipe left. Wait, yeah. which one is left? Left is don't like, right? Don't like, right. Yeah. Or, you know, if you, you know, you know, the political things, you get a lot of that. If you voted for Trump, you can just swipe left. If you have your vaccination status on here, just swipe left. What in the what? I mean, that's a whole podcast. And I don't want to get into it too oh, much. Yeah. That but, is an entire... So, but the question is like, what, what's changed? For me, not a whole lot has changed. I don't think much has changed. And I know that you weren't ready for that. I thought you were probably ready for some huge dialogue about how it's changed so much. I just, someone I like the look of and someone, you know, who I can have a nice conversation with that I have a little bit in common with. And then when we don't have something in common, if you care about them enough, then guess what? They'll care to research it or want to be a part of that or have you explain it to them. And I think that that has tons and tons of value. So, yeah, I agree. I did a little poll. I'm big on polls. So what do women find sexy? Uh, you ready for this list? At what age? So you uh, can't be so vague when you do uh, a poll because poll is like an amateur scientific experiment. Okay. There was a 20-year-old and a mid-40-year-old person in the room okay. when I took this poll and they agreed on all four points. Okay. Now, now I will say the 20-year-old is quite sophisticated herself. Uh -huh. okay. You know, she's educated, sophisticated, and she's mature. 
So yeah, this is a little skewed. So this this is I would say forties, thirty five to forties. Okay. Okay. Uh, emotional intelligence, which okay. is important. Uh, good interaction with their children if the person has a child. Okay. Uh, that goes for male and female, I think. Uh, confidence, that's a big one for them. Okay. Guy has to be confident. And then the fourth one was ability to see the woman rather than what she's wearing or how great of an ass she has. That's oh. like, a, see my soul, do you, do you get me? Do you understand me? Okay. okay. That's important. Okay. Then why do women very much enjoy dressing to reveal their strengths? I'll say that as nicely as I can. <sighs> if you're so interested in being seen for not being a physical creature, then why do women so frequently wear stuff that, I'm just trying to say this as cool as I can, okay, that enhances their assets? I have one so answer. Right back at you, kid. Well, no, I have one answer for you for that. Okay. When you are dressed in a nice dress that you are choosing for a date or an outing, um, you know, we call them little black dresses. Okay. Uh, I, the woman would feel more confident if they feel like they look good. So there is, I understand what you're saying, that it's a little. It's a brilliant question because you, you guys do it all the time. Correct. Let's just call it what it is. You, if you have uh, a nice top half, you wear something that reveals that. So I don't really want to hear that part where I want to be seen as an individual and I just don't want to be seen as someone who has a great rack. Well, why then, then why are we choosing to do that? I have a very, it's a very easy thing for me to not see someone for just a physical attribute. Would I say that for all of the men of, you know, the human race? Of course not. But if... If your battle is to be seen as not just someone who has this nice asset, then why do you try so hard to wear stuff that enhances it? Mm. The naughty. I don't expect an answer. I mean, yeah, no. this has been ha it's been happening for a long time. I don't have any problem how anyone dresses. It's fine. But I, what I can't do is I can't hear a complaint law a complaint logged that oh, guys pay too much attention to this asset or that asset. Well. <laughs> All right, then don't constantly try to accentuate that. You know, it's funny. More and more, the older friends I have, when I ask them what's important, more and more they're saying, you know, fine, they can look sexy, they can look hot, the bedroom stuff is great, but they always say that's not sustainable. Like, I want intelligence. I want quality. I want quantity. So, well, quantity of knowledge, I should say. So I, I, I buy you on that. The naughty side of me wants to do the following. Now, based on what you just said, mm -hmm. I'm going to hire twins, w identical twins. Mm -hmm. One of them's going to be done up in a little black dress and another one in pajamas. Have them well, or in. just very conservative. <laughs> like it maybe, a but, but dress sharp. I'm teasing. No, no, no. This is, inter this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure this study has been done. So let's say two women, that obviously the same age as their twins, let's say they're 35, right? Yeah. Or whatever, whatever age you want them to be. And one is, is accentuating their, their physical assets more than the other um, and is done up, but everything's kind of out there to be seen. And then someone else is, is the same person. They look the same, but they're just done up a different way. Who gets more attention? This is an easy one. We know where this is going, right? Right. So, and that's why probably women, when 
you know, like it's summertime, it's, it's warm out, so it's not like you need to dress warmly. They miss on the side of going in that direction, dressing sexy, correct? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just a real slippery slope of, well, I don't want to just be seen that way. Well, then don't just put that out there. Is that fair? You would agree that it, walking into a bar, a single woman walking into a bar would get a lot more attention if they were done up. But done up is so vague. That's the okay. problem. That's okay. the problem uh, with this podcast. You got to get specific. You got to go done up, meaning where? Like a short skirt and you can see in the cleavage. Summertime, like what are you saying? Yeah, in the summertime, a tube top with a little bit of cleavage, a, a, you know, a tight skirt versus somebody who walks in, a girl who walks in with you know Birkenstocks and look like they just came open toed shoes. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, sorry. Had to. Oh, for women, it's okay. I think. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know flannel shirt. Yes. Which one would you talk to? Honestly speaking, which if, one? If you... they were both of the same attractiveness, like I, I would go away from every single time the person who's like trying to put all their physical assets out there. Really? Every every single time. Because There's nothing worse to me. So this goes back 20 minutes, 15 minutes now. We're like, what are you attracted to? I am not attracted to the female who knows that she's attractive and uses that almost solely to garner male attention. Yeah. I can't stand that. What do you see? What do you perceive that person to be thinking or going through at that moment when they were all done up. That they're just acting on the most basic premise of, of humans as animals. Like, I'm going to go for the one who's most close uh, to being naked already. And if they dress that way, then that's probably an easier conquest. And, like, I'm not into that. I don't, I'm, that's not why I would talk to someone. But I also never go out. So, you know, I, I don't mean to negate the whole conversation. But I don't go out looking for dates. It just doesn't happen. I don't, that's not part of my routine. Like if you if you can say you've seen me in downtown Saratoga, it'd be like seeing a Yeti twice, <laughs> you know, or a peg. What's the Pegasus? Is that the one with the, the wings? Unicorn, unicorn. Well, that's a whole other part of oh, the yeah, uh, whole another whole, part of the podcast. Whole another different thing. So on that note, I have a, a surprise lightning round oh. question for you. All right, list of questions. Is oh, if, if this person you went on a first date with uh -huh. found out or you observed some these things on the list about them, would there be a second date? You ready? You're just going to say yes or no. Yeah, but it's, it's just, just say, is it a yellow flag or is it a green no, light? No, no, yes or no. Well, how, about, how about you say the thing and I say green flag, yellow flag, red flag. Because to, to earn a second date predicated upon one thing, I don't know that I would make that determination based on one point. Okay. You is can, that fair? You can use red, Green, yellow, yellow red. red. How about flag. that? Okay, you All ready? Right. Yeah. Lightning Fire. round. Yeah. Do your, it. Your date. This is good. I like this. Okay. Even before you start. Okay. I'm telling you, this is good. <laughs> your date has... Unusually big feet. Neither. Neutral. Pure less. Yellow. Really? No, not even yellow. Green. Ah. Uh, green? You'd go another date? Yeah. Unusually big feet. Like Like what do you mean? She's like, five, like, six in her in her like, she has size. Like, like Frodo 10 feet? from Lord of the Rings. You don't watch But those. what is unusually big? <laughs> See, the problem keeps being that you don't define these things. So what is the too what is too big? If the average size of a woman's foot is a seven and a half, like what do you okay, mean, like I'm, a ten? I'm, I'm five foot, and I show up, and I'm like. Are you five foot? I'm, I'm, Seiko is Joe five foot tall. Nope, I'm four eleven, and I'm taller than her. Okay, very good. All right, continue. Four eleven and three quarters. Okay, that one's fine. I'm taller than you, and I'm four eleven. Four. <laughs> I'm short. Let's just put it that way. Uh, if she's a vegetarian. Neither. 
Oh my goodness. You're supposed to say yes or no. No, because that's the problem, Joe. Ah. This is what Esther says the problem is, and it's what I'm saying the problem is. Okay, that can't, okay, you're proving my point. That can't get you going in one way or another. But just if you were to choose gun to your head, yes or no, just quit. Ready? Ready? Don't overthink I'm not this. going first or second date predicated on someone who's a vegetarian or not. Oh my goodness. That's what, your, that's what your major malfunction is, Joe. You're making these decisions based on something that's so arbitrary. I mean, why do I care if someone wants to eat red meat or not? You know, a lot of people out there do have a very strong opinion on certain things. And they're called lonely people. <laughs> um, that's the whole crux of this podcast so far. You have a good point. You do have a good. Why point. would I care? Well, if they're a vegetarian, then how you're does that change my live, life? You're gonna have to live with a fact. You know, if they're a picky vegetarian, like oh, I can't have eggs because you know. Then they can cook for themselves, and I'll take care of my food. What if she's super rad and super awesome? Okay, and that's great a bad with one. my kid, and can hit my curveball, which not many people can. You know, like come on, come on. Okay, all right, keep going. Third one, if she were a hairless cat lover. It, it, was she herself hairless or she loves hairless cats? <laughs> well, women who are hairless is kind of cool. I, I mean, I'm talking whoa, like... Whoa, I, whoa, <laughs> whoa! We talking curtains or what are we talking here? Brazilian. I mean, I don't oh know anyone in okay. a lot of ages. So you're saying so, this if the woman... I was just being cheeky. Yes. So if the woman likes cats the hairless cat you know what i'm talking about does that make it better or worse like what do you mean have you never seen is it because it's weird or because there's no there's no fur all over the place they're freaky looking cats I guess show I, I guess I wouldn't to care. Show a picture. Well, you're gonna have to live with this cat if you've moved what? forward. So now success means cohabitating. Well, let's just put it this way: second date. I know what a hairless cat looks like. Oh, they're I'm good. freaky. Yeah, it's freaky. It was on uh, Austin Powers. Doctor Evil had a hairless. And you cat. have no problem. Why would I have a problem with that? You walk into her house. How many cats are there? One. One is enough. Those are gross. Well, there's just one? Cats. Yeah, they're nasty. Still okay. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, hairless cat sales are going to go up. <laughs> oh, my God. I can get away with that. <laughs> okay. Josh thinks it's okay. Okay, this is a dumb one now that you put, you're framing it in these ways and it's making it less... I'm so surprised that these are all just red flags you're done. Hairless cat lover. That's uh, I'd have problems with that. Okay, someone who can't cook. Nah, eh, that's not a good one. Let's skip. I own that. a restaurant. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> yeah. with that. True. That was that was a big miss. Okay, you walk in and it's a really messy house with like three days of of like dishes, dirty dishes on the counter. Red flag done. Can't do that. Big red flag, right? Can't do it. Yeah. Why? Because I'm a single guy and my house is not immaculate, but it's pretty darn good. And, you know, I instill that in Seiko, makes his bed all the time. I mean, we go, we go after trying to be clean around here. And it's just what it does, it, it leaves me with the impression that if your house looks like that, you, what does your emotional health look like? What does your emotional IQ look like? It's probably also out of order. Mm. I, that's not a lock that that's the case, but I would probably imagine that's the case. Yeah. I agree with that one. Um, if there was, well, this is kind of like the messy house. If there was a hair in the drain or just hair everywhere in the house, like they don't clean. Well, that's the same thing as the other one. Let's right. skip that one. Okay. What if uh, the girl was a daddy's girl? Like, you know, 
has to talk to the dad all the time, has to, you know, check with daddy. I know there's very Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of someone who can handle their own stuff because mm-hmm. I've um, spent time with women perhaps that couldn't do that very well. And when they were in life on their own, they couldn't really handle the day-to-day of life without like supreme assistance. And I uh, don't... Seiko don't, is a... Don't, <laughs> might think that he has someone in mind. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like that. I, I mean, if it's just like kind of emotional assistance from time to time, I have no problem with that. But can't handle the life financially without the help of a man, I, I struggle with that. Yeah. And there are plenty of those out there. And that is, it's not that hard to spot. You can spot it pretty quickly. Oh. For, for, for men, because for girls, it's very easy to spot daddy's girls. I mean, mama's boys. Right, but it's not a, it's not a financial assistance no. that they're looking for. But I think a lot of times with women that are our age, if they can't handle life, they need assistance from a man all the time. And a lot of times that might be what they're looking, at, looking for from me. And I really don't like that. Yeah, so what you're saying is, so for like a mama's boy, so what you're trying to say is, you know, like, um, it, their house is messy because they're used to, like, someone taking care of them, they can't cook, they can't do, they can't take care of themselves. Is that what you're saying? Actually, for, at least for me, um, the signs would be if they're not emotionally mature and the ma, it's, mm. you know, the that mother. That might not have a whole lot to do with yeah. that, but, I, but... Yeah, I mean, people that can't take care of their own business, I, that is a red flag. That is, you're done. Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, two more. Uh-huh. Cross-dresser. So a, a woman who likes to dress, just kind of like a tomboyish, like yeah. wears sporty Constantly. stuff all yeah. the time? just sporty stuff all the time, doesn't want to put a dress on. Couldn't be any more fine with that. Hmm, okay. Couldn't be, like if someone lived in Viore and Lululemon like I did, yeah, I'll welcome to the second date before you opened your mouth. Like that, it would be A plus for me. Hmm. Yeah. Good I mean, wearing a dress, that's great. That's great. I, I just don't, I don't think fashion and all that really plays too big of a role for me. The answer might be very different for, um, but cross-dressing, like I don't, I don't, but I don't understand. Like if you're saying for you, if you went out with a guy and, and he was really funny, had a great time, and he was wearing stuff that you wanted him to wear, or you wished that he were wearing, and then the next time he comes in a dress, like that's a little freaking different, right? Yes. Yeah. But what do you mean, like the the woman comes to the second date uh, wearing a tie, no, and, no, and like a, a tuxedo like, and a top hat? Like what do you mean? That question is harder for a heterosexual woman who is dating a heterosexual male, and turns out the male is a cross dresser, secret cross dresser. But that's so much different than someone yeah. just dressing sporty, right? You're right. So dressing sporty is, that, is there's a no, there's no equivalent for the male. It's a huge green light for me. I love that. You love that. Okay. Uh, last one. If the woman. Again, this is for 40 and above, has a high body count. Oh, you're going young person speak. Yes. Oh, this is... Somebody this explain. Is, you can explain. This is brilliant. So body count is what the youngsters... What's the generation that's like 30 through 15? I think X. Oh. That's us. X We're generation X. Then it was Z. Y, then y, it was Z. Z. Yeah, I think Z. Whatever the generation is that's like in their late 20s to probably 15 or 16 now, body count is the phrase they use for their total number of people that they've had sex with. So you're asking me if someone has a high quote unquote body count, does, is that like a repellent? It is not at all. I don't find that to be an issue whatsoever. 
Do you ask? No. Yeah, no. Never, ever ask. If someone likes to talk about, um, you know, as the conversations roll and we, we start talking about physicality, if they they choose to talk about that, then it would be easy to um, assume if they keep talking about this venture and this thing that they did and that thing they did, because I would, I would want them to be able to be very honest with me. That is... That is a beautiful thing, and it's very attractive to me when people can be honest, even if they had a tough stretch, if they did this wrong or did that wrong, or they maybe misbehaved in matters of the heart. As long as they, they acknowledge it and they feel like they've learned from it, um, that is absolutely beautiful to me, and that is instant second date if, if I had a good time with anything else. So body count could care less, would probably rather be higher. And here's why, because that means at least someone's being honest, one. And two, that they're, you know, sex positive, which is an, also a great thing. Um, you know, there's a podcast out there, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's this guy who's wildly unattractive, probably in his late 20s, and he interviews all these women that are like 19 to 23. And he asks them all these questions. It always comes up, do you know the name of that one, Seiko? It always comes up on my YouTube shorts. Yes, I, I watch those. See, that's, see, that's part of me being honest, <laughs> letting people know that. Um, so, and he interviews all these women, and he's like, oh, well, guys don't want that. They want someone who's virtuous and, nope. You're speaking for yourself. And this guy talks about how he plays Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm not yucking anyone's yum. If you're listening to this and you like to play Dungeons and Dragons, he goes on this rant about how good he is at it. And these girls are just like, what are you talking about? Right? So anyways, he just lets them all have it and lets them know that their thinking is wrong, which I can't stand in this, in this, these sets. I think it's a podcast that he does, but I just see the shorts and body count doesn't matter because if someone talks about, you know, their penchant for wanting to be physical, then that means a, they're honest, B they're honest. What I mean by that is they're sharing what their life has been like. Mm hmm B, we've, you know, through Esther Perel, through um, Dr. Martin, we've, dis we've discovered that women are, f are no less sexual creatures than men. In fact, um, their desire to be physical with their partner, even if they're monogamous, wanes before the men's desire to be physical with the female. Okay, so we've gleaned all these things by reading, by educating ourselves. So for someone to be honest about that and be honest about wanting to be sex positive and they are sex positive, that's a plus for me. Mm. Um, on that, you mentioned that, and I, actually that was a shocking fact for me, that in most relationships or marriage, we, ha we now know that it's not the man who strays sooner or more. Not strays, has eyes for it, thinks about it. Oh, thinks about it, okay. It, the women actually surpass the male in a relationship in looking at other men. Or well, just, just the, the physicality part wanes out. So, Joe, you and I are, let's say you and I are in a relationship and we're together six months. Then it's a year. Then it's, you know, 18 months. By that time, typically, a woman starts to kind of, you know, let's say you're out for drinks. Okay. You're out with Jane and you're having cocktails somewhere in town. And... Whereas maybe two months in, you and I are all over each other, you know, we're, you know, super attracted to each other, you know, bedroom stuff is great. And then all of a sudden, what Dr. Martin suggests that through the, her research is that women start to kind of go, oh my God, I got to just, I'm just with this guy. 
I mean, not that wow. there's anything wrong with them. Like, even if you were super attracted to me, that that fans out for a woman on average. This isn't this isn't perfect evidence. This isn't a hundred percent of the time, but more often than not, that physical desire wanes out faster for a woman than a than a woman than a man. I'm. That's still really surprising. All right, so we got to get you yeah. on Untrue. You've got to read. You really got to read that. Yeah, and a lot of other women. And it's on order. Didn't you order? Did you say uh, you yeah, ordered Amazon? It? Yeah, somewhere. Um, yeah, that that is an interesting fact, and I think that the guys get a bad rap on that. Oh, guys get a bad rap on everything. Uh. <laughs> guys get a bad. Trust me, from someone who. Yeah. Uh, yes. Would you be comfortable speaking of bad raps? Would you be comfortable sharing with the viewership? And it, we're not going to time... listenership, I think? Listenership. We're not going to timestamp this. You, you could have been 15, you could have been 50 or 49. Um, just the worst possible date ever. The worst date I was ever on? Yes. Oh, man. Almost like I feel like I have to do homework on that. You don't um, remember? I've had some really crazy dates, and a couple of them were in San Francisco, my God, there was one. I mean, you want to? Um, I don't want to get to that one. Okay. Um, also, let's see. The one that just really stands out is I went on a date when I was living in in Washington D.C. And I'll make this short. Um, I asked out. Oh, I was the golf coach at American University, and I um, there was this woman who was an administrative assistant for the athletic director, and she was very attractive. Um, she seemed very intelligent. We talked a little bit, you know, one day we went and grabbed lunch together um, on campus. It was just random because so you just started. I'm like, oh, take the new person to lunch. And, you know, she uh, graduated with honors from Clemson, nice ACC school. So I'm like, okay, this is, um, you know, this, this person's pretty legit. I'm going to ask her out. So we go out and um, <laughs> we go to this little Mexican joint right down the street. And, uh, so we go, and it's great time. It's around this time of year. And there's, I remember there's a Duke game playing on the TV. Right. And so let's, let's have a drink. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Seiko, Seiko's heard this story before. And so she, she orders a margarita. And there was maybe, it was a very, very authentic Mexican place. And I think there was a little bit of a, a language uh, gap there. Mm-hmm. And they bring a pitcher of margaritas. And I'm not, in the, I'm not a margaritas guy. I think I had like one beer or something. Yeah. So they bring a pitcher. Oh my God. So she starts pounding a little bit. She's on two, sneaking in the third. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, Nikki, maybe you want to. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. So she, she gets up to use the little girl's room. And so she goes to the bathroom and it's been five minutes. It's been 10 minutes. It's <laughs> You're been just sitting there. 15 minutes. Now I'm seriously concerned. I'm like, I don't think I'm. Performing that poorly on this date, I don't think she crawled through the window. <laughs> did she take her purse with her? Um, she, she did, but I think that's very common. Okay, yeah. She didn't bring her jacket. I remember her jacket was still the table. Okay. So I, I walked to where the woman's restroom is, and I kind of looked at the barkeep, and he's like, "Yeah, she went in there." And I'm like, "Okay, yes, it's been." And so I just kind of tapped my watch. You know, it's been a while. He's like, "I can't help you." So I knock on the door, nothing. Knock on it again, nothing. And now I'm really starting to go, okay, you're going to be the guy this woman was on a date with when something terrible happened. So I put my shoulder in the door and knocked the door over. The bathroom door. Yes. And it was a, it was a nice place, but it was authentic. I mean, the doors weren't reinforced steel. I'm not like being <laughs> Captain American here. Superman. In fact, <laughs> when I busted open, the door is being held by like one of those little 
thingamajigs. I don't know what you'd call them. Latches. It, yeah, just like a little latch. And, and so the door just flies open, and she is sat on the toilet, like kind of like this. I'm, I got my knees together, and oh she's just kind of like... With her pants down? Yeah, she's just taking a leak, on whatever the, you want to call it. On the toilet. Yeah, she passed out. Oh, my God. So I did the best <laughs> I could. I helped her clothing back up and tried to wake her up, and she was just, like, super groggy. Holy Lord. And um, so I, you know, gave I, I go there a lot. I go to this place a lot, right? Not on dates, nor did I ever go on another <laughs> date here. So I gave the guy my card. I think I went back the next day at lunchtime and grabbed my card, and I threw her over my shoulder, and I went, I, I, put her in, I put her in my car, then I drove back to campus to, and there were still some people in the athletic department, like, I know this is probably privileged information, but Nikki's in the car, she's not feeling well, where does she live? So, oh, she lives with the parents, you know, and it turns out it's in Nova, so like it's in Northern Virginia, but like not just over there, it's not Alexandria, I mean, it's out there. Pastel girl. Like out 66, you, you can speak I, yeah, DC. I know DC. So, yeah. like Manassas, I don't know where it was. It was out there. Not so I go there, and how about this? It's, now it's like nine o'clock. And there's no GPS back she then. She lives with the parents. Oh. So I've got to go to the door, knock on the door, and oh. say, I've got your daughter in the car, and she is very groggy. I don't know what the story is. She's like, how much did she drink? I said, I don't know, two drinks, maybe two and a half. She's like, oh, she's on some, she's on some meds. Oh. <sighs> you would think she would. So the dad drink. comes out. We kind of help her get out the door. She's like, he's like, thank you so much. That is a really nice thing to do. I'm like, what did you think I was going to do? Leave her in the toilet? Like, what did you think I was going to do? Oh my God. So needless That's to say, that was my least favorite date. So was there a second one? I went on a second date. <laughs> with her? Yeah. I just thought, you know, with maybe with the meds, maybe it was just kind of a, you know, maybe just a <laughs> mishandling of her own medication. How was the second date? How was the second date? So you see, you got, it, I think it got... It got better. I mean, we didn't we didn't end up dating for all that long, maybe a month or two, but you know, it was one of those ones where at the end of it, we were just like, it's not a match. Yeah. Yeah. But there was value there. And, you know, she was, you know, the AD's assistant for quite a while, and I was the coach there for quite a while. And we had a great working relationship. We stayed friends. It was it was really nice. So that's just one of those stories, you know. Next time, dry January. Dry January, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take dates on out on dry January. Oof. Yeah, that would have ended up probably a lot better. Yeah, I don't know anyone in my group of folks who actually have stuck to dry January. Mm. It's been a moist January. Yeah, it's been very. <laughs> Forget damp. It's you know been what? moist. It's funny you say that. <laughs> All right, listenership again. The word moist. A lot of people especially women, have a problem with that word. They don't like that word. I don't want to get into any suggestion as to why, but they don't like that word. Really? Yeah. yeah. So we'll I... need to show hands. More text, folks. I... Let me know if that word kind of makes you cringe or if you, you don't care or what the scoop is on well, that. Well, how, how do you say you like your cakes Dry? No, you want them moist, like a nice sponge cake. It's got to be more. Yeah, I, that's that's. An issue. Well, I don't know how many times people ask me how I want my sponge cake, <laughs> so I don't really have to say that word all that often, right? Um, moving on. There, there. We live in <laughs> we live in Saratoga Springs. Oh boy. Horse country, uh. like horse racing country. I know you don't like this topic. We but, did. We did talk about this one earlier. Yeah, and um, I was told by one of the listeners who who's a 
fabulous human being. I really enjoyed meeting her, especially two years ago when I had no friends in Saratoga because I just moved back. Mm -hmm. And anything I need in Saratoga, she's just ready to jump on it to help. Wonderful person. Met a number of new friends through mm, her. Sure. She calls me up. She says, you do realize that there is a secret code or conversation among the dating pool in Saratoga about how we describe the people we want to date or may, may want to date our friends. Mm-hmm. So it all centers around horse racing because this is Horse huge. jargon. Horse around jargon. horse jargon. Is that fair? Horse racing jargon, specifically. It's Saratoga, you know. Okay. Okay. Horse racing. One of the best in the country, I think. She says, if, if you were to ask me, just as an example, I didn't ask her. She said, if you were to ask me if um, uh, uh, James over there is available to date. James. He doesn't go by Jimmy? No, not James. James. I know it's a fictitious person. Yeah, James. James. Okay. If she says to you, no, he's in my stable, what do you think that means? In your stable means that you're seeing him. Correct. But a stable also connotates not like just one horse. You have a cadre of horses. Cadre? In state. Yeah. You have a group of horses. I've in never a heard stable. that word in my life. Cadre? Nope. Okay, we will look that I, up. No, I'm not suggesting you're wrong. Don't yeah. do that. Don't Ca get defensive. I'm sure you're right. Oh, no, no. Cadre just means like a group of or uh, uh, more than one. Yeah. In your stable. Yes. So you're supposed to say, no, he's in my stable. So you possess this stallion along with other stallions correct oh and i think it also means hands off he's my horse he's in my stable currently not maybe not permanently wow sounds like a super douchey thing a guy would say boys and girls say this in saratoga i did not know this i was sweating when i heard this i was like, someone have the, someone would have the cool yawns to say <laughs> yes james is in my stable so he hands off him yes he's mine and i'm seeing a True Score story. of other people. Ab true story. I am finding this hard to believe that ah. someone would be so bold as to say that. Well, I think it's also polite because you don't want... That's you know, polite? Well, it's polite because you don't want uh, somebody to now be interested in a guy who you are dating. So you, it's a nice way of saying hands off for now. He's in my stable. I don't think this person has the ability to say unless they're married to someone and they're in a monogamous closed relationship that... It's hands off. If I were a woman, I'd be like, good, I'm going to go sleep with him. No. A hundred percent. do that. You think you have ownership over someone and their genitals along with other people in your stable and you're supposed to suggest hands off? At least for the moment while they try to figure it out. Oh my God. If I were a woman, if I were a woman and someone was so bold as to say, that guy is spoken for in my stable along with a couple other stallions, a couple other horses... And Joe, you can't hands off. If I were you, I'd be like, "Hey, big boy, what's up, James?" I would. I wouldn't, and I couldn't. Let's go for a little walk. Uh uh. So no. bold. Now let me ask you this: Does James and Keith and Pete do they all know that they're in the stable and that this person's trying to keep other people from seeing them? I would. I would tend to think this would be in the down low for the woman to say. And I'm telling this is another topic we kind of touched on episode one about women being hunter, just as much of a hunter these days as men, you know, historically would have been more. I got to tell you, there is there is a, a, a thing now where, you know, women, they 
we, they date multiple men, which is okay. No, I'm not saying there's anything yeah. wrong with that. But does James know that this person is, is saying this about him? Uh, it doesn't matter if James knows. If he's dating oh, it does the friend, then why is he dinkering around with your friend? You didn't say that. You well, didn't say that. If James can also have his own... Stable. Stable, then, then all's fair in love and war. But like if James is sitting there thinking he's only dating Sally, and Sally's got a couple of horses in there that are invisible to him... Yeah. That's for them to find out, mm. right? All right, I'm just mm. I'm just telling you what the what the mm. what the Josh getting left behind the curtain. Yeah, this is the point. The <sighs> second one is a, another horse analogy in 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 horse racing. If a horse, you can actually claim a horse before the race, and there's a thing where if that horse wins, you actually if you claim the horse, you have a valid right to purchase that horse. I know what claiming race is. Oh, I didn't, so I had to look okay, it up. So I good. figured I had to explain that to some other people yep. who may not be into the racetrack thing. Yep. Uh, the, the, the term you would use if a guy has suddenly broken up with someone and you know he's single and he's a winner, right? Mm -hmm. That you, you just refer to him as he's up for claim. So what? What now? Say that again. He's up, he's he he's up for claim. Like he's available. Yes, you can now be. Oh, like if let's say you were dating Pete, right? And then you were like, okay, Pete's fine, but he's not for me. You say he's a claimer again. That's correct. He's up for claim. Hmm. Yeah, I just think women get really possessive, and they would never let that happen unless they had absolutely no other prospects. Women do get possessive. Newsflash. No, I understand that. Most humans do, which is a shame. But what I'm trying to say is, is unless that woman who dated Pete had other prospects, I don't think she would say, oh, Pete's up for claim. Yeah, I guess it's also a ghost signal. Like, look, I'm not yeah, dating Yeah, no, I feel him. what you're saying. It's, a it's kind of But a just, just, to, just to let you know, that's because this is a horse town. If you were in Myrtle Beach or in Orlando, the golf lingo would take over. Like, if you, you know took the company of a young lady and she wasn't particularly aesthetically pleasing. Your buddy would come up to you and say, hey, I saw you made a double bogey the other night. <laughs> That's and that, horrible, by the that way. That is super funny. <laughs> the problem with making a double bogey is you got to get two birdies to get back to even par. <laughs> and for a lot of guys out there, birdies don't exactly grow on trees, if you know what I'm talking about. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Are there other analogies or metaphors no, or what do you call I just, that? I think it just kind of comes down to you know, what a good score is on a hole, what's a bad score on a hole, right? So I think that's kind of the joke there. But. Do you have a scorecard? Because like in golf, you have a scorecard. Is there one around here that we can kind of rustle through? <laughs> we, can, uh, we can dig through the drawers. We can dig through the drawers. <laughs> I don't think you keep scorecards. No. Nope. I, I, that would not be you. No, yeah. not. But there is, there, there, I know you're troubled by what I was just talking about with the stables. No, I have no problem with that. Like, I have no problem with polyamory. I have no problem with different relationship styles. Those are fantastic. I think it's wonderful that, that people now are letting other relationship styles into the game because they're more educated about it. I can flip on a podcast by whoever. You know, I can read The Ethical Slut. I can... You know, I can read, you know, Untrue. I can read um, all these really great books and learn different ways to run relationships. And then you try them and maybe they're for you and maybe they're not. You know, it's not as simple as 
Um, you know, I am a 35 year old male or female. I've been married for six years and things are, um, a little monotonous at home. And, uh, you know, I've talked to my husband or I've talked to my wife or I've talked to my spouse, let's just keep it, um, orientation neutral. And, um, I want to open up the relationship or I want to be polyamorous where I can date and he or she can date and, you know, we'll see how that goes. That's not always the answer because sometimes you switch over to that and you find out that that wasn't for you or maybe it was for you, but the people that you were in a relationship with, it wasn't for them. I mean, there's a million different ways to run a relationship. And I was never suggesting that um, your friend, whatever her name is, couldn't see more than one person, but it would probably be nice if that person knew that she was seeing more than one person. I think that has value. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a lot. I think it's always been the case. I don't think it's changed all that much, but I think it's way easier to see more than one person at a time. It's, it's way easier to be polyamorous, whether the other person knows about it or not, because of technology and because of apps and because you know more women are in the workplace now than they were 30 years ago. And... Um, and you have podcasts talking about different ways to live your life. There was no information about that before, you know? And I think it's really interesting. There's, again, we, we get to the hour-long mark, and we're just starting off on a whole new podcast, which is a beautiful thing. That there's a lot to talk about. But all I'm saying is in that example, in that, you know, horse business metaphor, <laughs> um, it's great that she's kicking ass and has three horses in that stable. As long as everyone else can see the other horses around and say, oh, okay, you know, God bless her. She's got two other ones going, three other ones going. That's great. As long as I know that so I can do the same thing or at least, or not do the same thing and just know that that's the case, then that's fine. The part where you think it's cute to be sneaky about it, that's, that's effed up. Yeah, I'm not so sure it's sneaky. I think it's girl code. Like, yeah, you should know the situation. He's But I hate you. that girl code stuff. I, I got to be honest. If I were, I if heaven forbid, if I was... Born a woman, I, I would just someone would say that like, oh, hands off. No, survival the fittest. Bring a better product to the table, Sally. I've got a bigger brain. I'm smarter. I'm more fun. I can name fifteen quarterbacks in the NFL. I can name thirty-three. Well, yeah, I like how he catches a little bit of the conversation. But I just think Seiko can name thirty-three. Just thirty-seven. All the backups. But I just think you know if you think. And by the way. You might think that it's hands off, but you know if you if you're being polyamorous, if, if let's say this woman's name is Sally and she's seeing a couple other guys, and James was the fake name that you gave, if he's seen a couple other people, that's going to weed itself out anyways. Because if the other two people he's seeing, if one of them has more in common or is more fun or they have nice physical chemistry, Sally's going to be out on her ear anyways. So jokes on her. That yeah. horse is going to jump right over the fence in that stable and smell you later, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Good one to end on yeah. with, a, with a horse analogy. Yeah, with a little, uh, with a little Darwinism with the animals. See how I did that? <laughs> you sure did. Well, end of the podcast. Uh, any lyrics that come to mind other than what Bo Burnham? No, but I want you to look those up. Yeah, Bo Burnham's depress- so great. It's a little depressing, but it's so true. Yeah. So. If you do want to check out Bo Burnham, if you're not into it, this is not an advertisement for him. He's not paying us to do this. But Inside, I believe, was his latest effort. And he did that all during COVID. So he makes this really cool piece of comedy. White Woman's Instagram is a hilarious song on that. 
That is top notch. It is really, really funny, tongue in cheek about how, how all white women's Instagram pages look the same. Um, and it's really funny. And then um, Make Happy is the one that really turned me on to him. He probably released that seven years ago, I would say now, and somewhere in there. And at the end of that tour, he started having panic attacks. So he stopped performing live for mm -hmm. five years or six years. But um, that is tremendous. If you want to watch something really neat, I mean, Make Happy would be fantastic. And it's probably an hour long. You know, if you get a chance, throw it on there. On a snow day? Perfect watching. On a snow watching. day, perfect is exactly right. But <laughs> perfect watching. Thanks for listening, everyone. Joe, you can take us out, but that was fun. Yep. That was fun again, right? Keep keep listening and keep sharing. I If you think this is fun, I think others will too. And uh, Yeah, pass along some friends. Yeah, we'll be back. See ya.